Jim Elliott was one of the missionaries martyred on the beaches, on a beach in Ecuador back in the 50s. And Jim Elliott made a statement that has become one of my favorite quotes, and it beautifully summarizes the passage that I want to share with you this morning. Jim Elliott said, He is a fool who will not sacrifice what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is a fool who will not sacrifice what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Jesus said something very similar in his equally profound manner during his Sermon on the Mount. He said it rather simply this way. He said, Do not lay up for yourself treasures upon earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But do lay up treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves cannot break in and steal. And he is a fool who will not sacrifice what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. So the question is, how do I lay up treasure on earth? What is Jesus talking about? But even more mysteriously, how do I lay up treasure in heaven? Well, Jesus had just spent 17 verses teaching us how we lay up treasure on earth and how we lay up treasure in heaven. He talked about practicing our righteousness before people to be seen by them. Actually, we taught that passage a number of months ago right here, where, where Jesus was saying there are two ways to do things. Two ways of practicing our righteousness, of doing holy things, of doing good things, of living our life. And he said, when you give your alms, don't, uh, pardon me, yeah, when you give your alms, uh, don't do it to be seen by people. If you do it to be praised by people, he said, behold, I say to you, you have received your reward in full. But when you give alms, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Don't even you be overly conscious about how generous you are. And your father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, don't stand on the street corners like the hypocrites do, making these great flowery prayers to impress people. Because when people are impressed by your prayers, and they say to you, what a beautiful prayer, and you say, oh yes, you're very perceptive, that was a beautiful prayer, and, uh, you, and you're really sucking that up, you're enjoying it, Jesus said, paid in full. You prayed to impress people, and people praised you. You got it, baby. He said, when you pray, go into your inner room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who sees in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites do who neglect their appearance. Oh, I'm fasting for Jesus. People say, oh, that's impressive. You must be a godly. Well, yes, I am very godly. And I'm glad you noticed. And God says, appreciate that praise because that's all you're going to get. You have received your reward in full. Your fasting had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with impressing those people. Those people were impressed. Done deal. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face so that you're not seen fasting by people, but by your Father who sees in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Lay, do not lay up treasure on earth, but do lay up treasure in heaven. 
I lay up treasure on earth by living my whole life to be noticed, my whole life to be praised, my whole life to gather stuff here. I lay up treasure in heaven by living my life to honor God. And we get praise. And it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that becomes my primary motive for living, to gather up all the stuff I can on this earth, Jesus said that's a losing battle. That's where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. You can gather it up, but you can't keep it. Instead, lay up treasure with God. Live your life to please God. Live your life to honor God. Live your life to worship God. That's what we're here this morning to do. But Jesus said in all of these praying and fasting and, and, and giving to the poor and, and, and gathering together work for worship can all be done with improper motives. And it's an insult to God. So Jesus said, don't do that. He is a fool who will not sacrifice what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And that's the basic teaching. Do not spend your life as if this life is all there is. But invest your life in an eternal future, in an eternal sense right now living this life and saying my life is a gift to God. My life is something God is pleased with. I live securely and I live safely because I know that the good hand of my God is on me because I honor him. Do not lay up treasure on earth because you can't keep it. Lay up treasure in heaven by living your whole life to honor God. So that's the basic teaching. And then he explained why it's so important to get this straight. When I pray, when I give, when I play golf, when I do my job, when I raise my kids, when I relate to my spouse, when I do whatever I do, the operative question is why? Why am I doing it? And that's important because Jesus said, verse 22, I need new glasses, and I just got these dumb things. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven, because where your treasure is, is where your heart will be. And Jesus is saying your primary core values are to your heart what your eyes are to the rest of your life. That compelling, guiding core value will guide your whole life. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. What you love supremely is what you will give your life to. And you say, well, how do I figure out what I love supremely? I love God supremely. I'm here. I don't doubt that probably everybody in this room loves God. But is that the compelling, driving force of our life? What's the last thing I'm thinking about before I go to sleep? What's the first thing I'm thinking about when I wake up? What am I thinking about when I'm driving alone in the car? What is consuming me? 
not every moment, but in those quiet moments and my mind is free to go where it wants, it'll go to my treasure. Where my treasure is, there my heart will be. And Jesus is saying, God is a very jealous God. The first commandment is you will have no other gods before me. Do you love me more than you love any other thing or person? God says. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In verse 22, he said, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness. In other words, if your eyes are distorted, and he's not... He, doesn't mean literally. He's using the eyes as an as a illustration of this business of your treasure and your heart and your eyes and your mind. And what your eyes see and the way your eyes interpret and the way your eyes focus brings truth, brings what we see as reality into our heart, into our mind, into our self. And he said, if that's distorted, your whole sense of what reality is will be distorted. And there are people who are so, so bent, so deluded that no matter what they read, no matter what they see, it's all distorted. It's all bent. And so the light that is in people is really darkness. They think it's light. They think it's truth, but it's nonsense. There is no God. I'm the master of my universe. I steer my own ship. Not really. But because that's your view of life, your life is distorted. And Jesus is saying, what, as the eyes are to your mind, the, the, your treasure is to your heart. That thing you love supremely is like a prism, organizing light into a beautiful rainbow because it takes all this confused business called life and it helps it make sense. The question is, what is your treasure? What is the driving force of life? And then Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. Now, there's something a little bit confusing here. Jesus spoke this sermon in Aramaic, that was the language of the time. But Matthew wrote the sermon in Greek, which was the written language of the time. But here, he went away from the Greek and went back to Jesus' original, the Aramaic word mammon. Because he didn't want us to be confused about what Jesus said there. He's not saying you can't serve God and money. He's not saying you can't serve God and and real estate or, or your holdings. What he's saying is you can't serve God at anything else. And my mammon is whatever at the time is my compelling love. That thing that preoccupies my brain. That thing that I'm thinking about. The thing I can't get out of my head. 
That thing when I'm praying, it interrupts me, and I, my mind wanders to that. We all have those things, don't we? They come and go. They come and go. There was a time I, I was running. I was, I was a runner, and, and I got obsessed with running a marathon. And, and I'm a little weird. I'm, or I'm a lot weird, but <laughs> I, I'm what my professors used to call a 150 percenter. I don't sort of do anything. And I see some of you just like me. Yeah. So I had to run a marathon. And I was obsessed with it. And a lot of other things had to slide because I didn't have time to do those things, including getting up in the morning and having my quiet time. Well, Al and I used to meet at the Lake Austin at 4.30 in the morning to do our morning run before it got too hot to run. And I got home, it'd be too busy. So for the period of time, my, my consistent time with the Lord in the morning went away. Went away. And it occurred to me, this is not right. God has taken a second place to my running. I had to deal with that. And there have been other things. There have been relationships. There have been a PhD. There have been other things that just obsessed. And, and you, you love them, and then you're obsessed by them, and then you're possessed by them. You cannot serve God and anything else. God says I have to be first. You will have no other gods before me. Now, it's, the question isn't, what do you own? The question is, what owns you? And Jesus is saying, only God can be your master. You can have God and mammon. You can have God and money. You can have God in a career. You can have God in a family that you love supremely, you just love so much. You can have them, but you can't serve them both, ultimately. And the best way to serve your career, and the best way to serve your family, and the best way to serve your friends, and the best way to serve our whole life is to serve God and ask God, how do you want me to relate to my family? How do I honor you as I work out this career? How do I honor you with my running? What would you have me do? You are the master. And I need your guidance and I need your direction to show me how these other things. That gets a little scary. I can't serve God in my career. I can't serve God. And so the whole next portion of this of this uh, Sermon on the Mount from, uh, is about do not worry, do not be frustrated, do not be anxious, verses 25 through 34. Six times, six times he says, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. Six times. He says, look, I, I know this is a scary truth. 
to think that I'm going to love God more than my career, that I'm going to love God more than money, love, love God more than my retirement, love God more than what I'm storing up to take care of my family. Who's going to take care of my family? Jesus said, God will take care of your family. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store into barns, and yet your Father feeds them. Are you not much more important to God than the birds? Look at the flowers of the field. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory did not clothe himself like one of these. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven and becomes a loaf of bread, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So that's the teaching. God's got to be first. God is the prism that lines everything else up in life and makes life make sense. And if you start worshiping these things, then the, your, your view of God gets distorted and all of life gets upside down. The best way to live your life is to say, I don't live my life to curry favor with people, to get advancement in my career, to make people love me more, to make people think, to help people think I'm important. I live my whole life. The first question I ask about any activity is what would my God, who is my master, have me do? So Jesus taught that in the Sermon on the Mount. But Jesus was a master teacher. He said, now I, I taught this, and this is a very powerful teaching, Sermon on the Mount. And some of you got it. And some of you didn't. <laughs> and some of you got it, but you forgot. So these important truths we cycle back on. We come and we talk about them again. Because I know that your brain's leakage. Who was it that said leakage? Was that you talking about leakage or the Holy Spirit? We're leaky vessels. I like that. Yeah. And he said, Jesus said, I know you're leaky vessels. So I'm going to run it by you again. So there's a time later when Jesus said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. It's all or nothing. Taking up the cross as I put my life on the line. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses her life for me will save it. This consuming passion of my life, the greatest treasure of my life, the greatest dream I could possibly have is to see God smiling on me and saying, hey, way to go. Well done, good and faithful servant. And he said, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit? And both words are there, by the way. Lose and, 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 and the word lead, we say lose, you think it means, well, you can die. It doesn't mean that. Destroy. The word lose. What profit is it? What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and destroy their life? Or forfeit 
their very self. Another interesting construction. I looked, I, I thought, their self. And there are two words that talk about our life. One means soul, the other means spirit, pneuma, and psuche. This one is just a pronoun. He, it reads literally. Uh, and yet, uh, yet uh, destroy or forfeit their self. Their, their self, their being. Their being. I think it would be better to die than to live a meaningless life. To destroy this life, this being, this existence, or to forfeit what it could be because my priorities are screwed up and I give my whole life to the wrong thing. And then later even, the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to come back and revisit this again. Jesus preached it in the Sermon on the Mount. He preached it later about discipleship. And then the Apostle Paul, in, uh, 30 years later, 36 years later, when he wrote the, the book of Colossians from the Roman prison, he says, since then, you have been raised up with Christ, set your hearts on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Do you hear the Sermon on the Mount repeated there? Lay up treasure in heaven. Don't lay up treasure on earth. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So this matter of losing our life, losing ourself, because we chase the wrong treasure. 10.30 at night, got a call from a bank vice president who attended our church. He was drunker than a skunk. He was weeping. He said, Sid, can I come talk to you? I said, sure, yeah, why? 10.30 at night. But if you need me, come on over. What's going on? He said, my wife and kids are in Hawaii on vacation. I'm here working, 10.30 at night. I haven't had a meaningful conversation with any member of my family for months because the president of the bank is retiring next year and I'm in line to be one of the candidates to be the president and I'm giving my whole life. I am consumed with being the president of this bank. I'm even having some improper flirtations with one of the board members to get her vote to be president. I haven't read my Bible. I haven't been to church. I haven't been to the men's Bible study. All of that. My life is in a dumpster. I need help. He was destroying his life, his family, his health. A woman came in and sat in my office and started sobbing and said, help me, help me. I said, what's wrong? What, 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 what? She said, last year I fell in love with my boss. I divorced my husband and abandoned my kids and married him. And he's still my boss and he's physically and emotionally abusive and I can't go back. 
I don't go to church. I don't read my Bible. I don't pray anymore. I traded God for an active sex life. And I'm living in hell. So Jesus is saying that's the downside of choosing the wrong treasure. The upside of choosing the right treasure, you have been raised up with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And there are guys like Jim Elliott who said, I am giving my whole life to God. I'm putting my life on the line. There are people right in this church, people who said, I will volunteer to do VBS. I'll give my week up for that because I love my God enough to give my life to working with those kids for a week and I'll put the rest of my life, not totally on hold, but that's a sacrifice. Guy over here preparing and studying and teaching the book of Revelation. Have you ever been to his Bible study? That guy blows my mind. Hours he spends preparing those lessons. Why? Because even though he has a, an amazing career, brilliant engineer and scientist, is second. Number one is what he's going to do after this service with a group of folks over in the library teaching them the Word of God. You heard last week, guy, another very successful, effective business guy in his career. He decided to go to seminary. I'm suspecting that takes a little time away from your career. But what a thrill, what a joy. And, and I could go on and on. On and on. With gifted people who get it. Jesus said, don't waste your life piddling around with stuff that doesn't matter. I heard a poem a number of years ago that has stuck with me. Judge in thyself, O Christian. Is it meet to set thy feet? Is it meet to set thy heart on what beasts have set their feet? Affections are too costly to bestow on fair-faced nothings here below. The eagle scorns to fall down from on high, the poet said, to catch a silly fly. And can the Christian leave the face of God to embrace the earth, to dote upon a clod? Jesus said, no, you can't. Don't lay up treasure on earth by living as if this is the only life you have, these few fleeting years on earth. Live your life storing up treasure in heaven, because where your treasure is, there your heart will be.